Today I want to continue my series that we started last week on possessing the promise. Last week, last Sunday morning, we talked about the process to possession. We talked about how that we got to go Last Sunday night, we preached on possessing the victory over money. And we talked about the things, the ways that money challenge us. How that Achan, as he went through Canaan, stole a robe, some silver, and some gold. We talked about some of us are challenged by things. Some of us are challenged by entertainment. But when we begin to possess the promise, we understand that the things God gives us, the, the temporary God provides, and our security rests only in the hands of the Most High God. Today, I'm going to preach a sermon that I cannot say is the turning point of this series. For as we go through this series, we're going to preach so many areas that are going to be life-changing. Next Sunday, we'll have Brother Michael Lampkin preaching in the morning, and next Sunday night is our prayer force prayer service. I'm going to be talking about it. How many of you have noticed we've got the tables around the building now? We, we were able to get those this week. Next Sunday night, I'm going to be explaining what's going to be on each of the nine tables and how they're going to work in our prayer services. And, and, and those of you who don't like things moving around, get settled, because this is how we're going to be for the next year. This is it. This is how we're going to be. I've got room to add some chairs when we grow, but this is how we're going to be so that we have prayer encircling our worship. Ooh. See, I didn't even plan it that way until I just saw it. Prayer is going to encircle the word. Prayer is going to encamp around about everything that we do in this church for the next year. That's right. Two weeks from now, we'll come back into this series. And I'm going to preach a message on... Possessing the victory over pride. Sunday night, we had scheduled for 
Kelsey to preach, but she's unable to that week, so we're going to move her back a couple of weeks. But Sunday night, I'm going to preach a sermon called Possessing the Victory Over the World. The next week, which will be the 18th, on Sunday morning, I'm going to be preaching a sermon called Possessing the Victory Over Criticism. We got any critics in the house? That Sunday night, we'll have our community Thanksgiving service at Turning Point. The next week, we will come back on the 25th, I believe it is. And I'll close out this series with a sermon called Possessing the Victory Over Self-Pity. I believe that through the course of this series... If I haven't hit you yet, I will hit you before the end. It's like the old guy that said, if I haven't offended you, please hold tight and I will get to you just as soon as possible. If I haven't stepped on your toes yet, hang on, I'll get there. Because the reason why we don't have victory in our church the reason why we have not possessed the promise, the reason why we spend all of our time talking about how it's about to happen instead of celebrating that it has happened is because we have held on to our money. We have held on to our fear. We have held on to the world. We have held on to our pride. We have held on to our criticism. We have held on to our self-pity. And we have not allowed God to drive out the enemies in front of us. We've decided we can handle it. We can control it. And it has begun to control us. This morning, I want you to open your Bibles with me. Amen. Numbers chapter 33, verse 55. If you're wondering why we shouted... We get excited when we open the Word of God in this church. Yes, and it starts with a but. Numbers chapter 33, verse 55. Actually, I'm going to back up, and it's not going to be on your screen, but that's okay. I'm going to read verse 54. And there's a reason for that. It's because 55 starts with a but, and you can't understand but until you know what you're stopping. Verse 54 says, And you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger you shall give a larger inheritance, and to the smaller you shall give a smaller inheritance. There everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot you shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. And I'm going to stop there before I read this verse. His first words to them, and, and he reads on before, you can go back, you need to go back and read the whole chapter of verse 33. But in that verse 54, he says, you're going to be given it. You're going to Verse 55. But, but changes everything. Boy, there's that next word I want to look at. If. Ooh. 
But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power. I thank you and I praise you for your anointing. And I thank you and I praise you for your promise. And Lord, I ask that you would allow us to move. Let us possess the land with strength, possess the land with power, and possess the land with your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As I begin to look at this verse, he clearly moved. I'm going to leave them to you. You want the dog? i give you the dog now. When, when, we, when we hear Moses speaking, the people had to be excited. We got to... is dead everybody that's over 20 raise your hand you're dead oh Chris you over 20 let me tell you something I mean Corey is even over 20 Even Corey, I'm going to tell you what Chrislyn and Jennifer and and, and 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 so man, just think about this. Chrislyn and Jennifer are going to be the oldest people in the land. They the wise ones. The only two people over older than them was Joshua and Caleb. You know. Side, side, side message here. You know, we always talk about the change of transition from Moses to Joseph, and we always talk about the youth movement taking over. That's a, that's a bunch of hogwash. The oldest man in the nation took over. He was an old man when he took over. But they've wrote, grown up in the wilderness. Everything they've known is... That's all they've known. They've run around in circles. They've never gotten any.
young men from the children of Israel to the children of Souls Harbor. We may get a new... I've heard this said here, and it was said... But I've heard it Well, we've seen Pastor Tom. Pastor Tommy, we love you, but it wasn't said out of disrespect. It said out of living in the wilderness. Well, we're going to go to church and Three or four different styles. Uh, uh, we still basically go to church. We sing a few songs. Pastor does his children's time. He gets up and prays for the sick. He preaches a message. And somewhere around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he finally lets us go home. And we start just going that's when we start making us oh get all excited and then Moses says but I hate it when people say but I say it every day but Moses says but if you don't drive out the inheritance the inhabitants before you they're going to become an irritant in your eye you ever got anything in your eye When I was living in Jack Dale's house, I was changing a light bulb and a recessed light thing, and a piece of drywall fell out. Got in my eye that I used to have a picture, big old piece of drywall right in my big dot. I couldn't get it out. I wound up having to go to the ER and have them pull it out because I couldn't get it flushed out. It scratched my cornea. I had to get eye drops and stuff and wait for it to heal. It hurt. Even after they got it out of my eye, for several weeks, my eyes burnt. It was like, ugh. Moses said, if you don't drive out the inhabitants, they're going to be an irritant in your eye. They're going to be a thorn in your side. Everywhere you go, it's poking you. You ever, you ever had something poke you or cut you in the side? It's tender. It hurts. Especially it gets up high there close to that stinky armpit. That's why your armpits stink to drive things away from it. Because it, it, it's tender. It hurts. It's like, ah. He says, if you don't possess the land, 
If you try to live with the inhabitants, they're going to be an irritant to you. There's going to be no victory. There's going to be no power. All you're going to feel is irritated eyes and hurting sides. You look through the book of Joshua, and it's been years since I've done the research, and I forgot to go back and get the number again. But over and over and over again, he uses one phrase, utterly destroy. I'm going to tell you something. Until we learn to utterly destroy the enemy, and I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about other faiths. I'm not talking about other churches. I'm talking about the sin in our life. Until we learn to utterly destroy the sin in our life, then we have no hope of victory. We have no hope of power. Now, I want to read just a simple little verse to you. I will read a simple verse to you from Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. You don't need to stand, just hear. It says, And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Havites and the Perizzites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Jebusites in every site you can find. That last part's not in the Bible. You'll notice on the screen I put one of these in red. We talked about the Canaanites yesterday, last week as God dropped the walls of Canaan and Canaan was, and Jericho was destroyed. But then he says the Hittites. The Hittites, this is a powerful little, ver- little word. Powerful little nation. According to Pastor Brian Cutshaw, who wrote Conquering Canaan, that some of this series is based off of. Okay, quite a bit of this series is based off of. Pastor Cutshaw gave me permission to use any of his stuff and act like it was mine. So, uh, personally, did that, really. Uh, most of you know I used to work with him, so we are very close, or fairly close. Anyway. According to his book, Conquering Canaan, the word Hittite comes from the Hebrew word, and I'm going to pronounce it Chitty. Chitty, Chitty, Bang, Bang. I don't know if that's the way it's. Which means terror. The word Hittite comes from a word. And all in this one little verse, Joshua has gotten up and said, From terror, and he goes on to some other places. I want you to notice when we talked about the Canaanites, we talked about money. We talked about the first fruits belong to God. The next thing we got to worry about is fear. We can start giving money, but I promise you, oh, I gave it, but I don't know if I can afford it. I gave it, but I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this 
when you begin let me tell you something folks fear is the enemy fear is not of God that's why Paul writes to Timothy he says for God has not given you the spirit of fear or timidity depending on your translation but of power love power and a sound mind power love and a sound mind he he didn't give you yeah I understand some of us like to play with fire but that's beside the point it's the fear that May, gives you common sense not to mouth off because some of us mouth off to our wife. Uh, that's God-given fear, Chris. That's God-given fear. All of a sudden, we understand that there's that fear that helps us stay safe. But I'm going to tell you something. The fear that most of us live in is not God-given. It is the enemy of our life. We become... The things that... That's exactly... That's why we're afraid. Most of the time, when I... It's something that I can't control and more than a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, my wife and I went on a cruise and went to to Nassau, Bahamas for our 24th anniversary. And my wife, some of you understand this, some of you may be surprised by it, my wife is a bit of a thrill seeker. And so my wife is, and she's also very, very tight. She, I mean, you know, I've said it before. You, you put a penny between my wife and her mama, and they'll make copper wire. I mean, they'll hold on to that thing, just stretch that penny out, make copper wire. But when we were going through the list of excursions we could do, and Nassau, they had parasailing. Now, if you don't know what parasailing is, that's when they put you in a harness, put a parachute above you, and tie you to a string at the end of a boat and pull you about 400 feet up into the air. Yeah, you come like a human kite. Most ever kite I've ever seen, either the string broke and it flew away or it crashed. And when I read that list, man says, I want to go Okay, dear. We go parasailing. We get signed up, and on the boat we go the day we're supposed to go out, and we meet, and I push her in in that wheelchair, and everybody's like, this is the parasailing group. She goes, I know. She was the only one in the whole room. It's going to be scary. I pushed her in that wheelchair all the way, the little speed boats that we were going to go out. She had to walk across a couple boats to get in the thing. And I'm like, ah, we'll, we'll try. We got on the first one. She's about to fall. And the 
assistant that helped out said, you mind if I give you a piggyback ride? She goes, no. And so she climbed up on his back, and he walked her over to the seat. <laughs> they strapped us in a harness. Most people they put side by side, they put us front to back so that I could help support her. All of a sudden, they said, are you ready? And I'm like, uh-huh. And Beth's like, yeah. <laughs> Captain of that speedboat sped up a little bit. They began to crank out the hoist. That parachute caught wind. Next thing I know, we're 400 feet above Nassau, Bahama. Most beautiful, clear water I've ever seen in my life. But it was a long way down. I wrapped my arms around, held like this. I was like, this is beautiful. And Beth is going, this is great. I'm like, hang on. Fear had came into my because I Fear began to challenge me even though I knew what we were doing was safe. Even though, can I tell you, fear will lie to you. Fear will steal your joy. Fear will steal everything. The enemy fear. I know I got to hurry. Dear Lord, I'm not even started yet and I'm late. Oh my word. I'm real late. Fear divides our mind. You know, a house divided itself against itself cannot stand. And when fear comes in, it tells you that what God has called you to is... disrupts our families I know I gotta hurry but I gotta spend just a few minutes here you know what drives families apart fear divorces happen because somebody becomes afraid I'm afraid I can't provide I'm afraid I'm not gonna be a good enough husband I'm not gonna be a good enough wife I'm afraid in other places 
We are convinced because fear has disrupted. Your kids begin to grow up and you allow fear to come in. And instead of raising your kids in a godly home and giving godly direction and godly advice, you're afraid that if you stand on the truth of God, that they will get upset and that they will lose sight. And so you compromise your faith. You compromise your I'm going to tell you something. Oh, pastor, I can't tell my kids no. They may not like me no more. I'm going to tell you something. If your kids can't understand the word no, they can't grow with the word no, then you better. It's time to set the record straight. It's time to sit down with them and show Husbands and wives don't get along because they're afraid. They quit communicating because they're afraid that the other one's not going to listen. Let me tell you what happens to me. This falls into this area and the next area, but I'm going to tell it here. Me and Bethel have a disagreement. And that's not hard to do when you're married to a Yankee. Boy, I can tell you she's not here. Can you can tell? I bet she's watching. Love you, hon. Um, we'll have a disagreement. And if I get to the place that I'm afraid she's not going to understand, after 25 years of marriage, I finally learned to go... Just just go ahead. Do what you're going to do. We quit communicating. My wife, sometimes I'll want to do something. And my wife says, we can't afford that. And I'll say, but I really want it. But we can't afford it. But I deserve it. You know, all those things I preached about last week. I deserve it. And my wife goes, go ahead. And when I do it, then she comes back later when we can't pay the bills and go, well, what did I tell you? When we... Our communication breaks down because we're afraid they won't listen. We're afraid it won't be successful. And pretty soon it begins to disrupt the family. And it happens in one area and then another area and then another area and then another area. And then all of a sudden we're not even talking anymore. And then we make the stupid statement. We just grew apart. No, you didn't. You let fear come in and disrupt your family. You were afraid to be honest. You were afraid to be
Come on now. You were a Don't tell, don't tell me you can't correct your kid because they're going to get upset. No, duh. But if you ain't correcting your child, if you ain't setting a standard of godly living for your child, you don't love your child. Oh, somebody just got mad at me. Don't you tell me I don't love my kid. Well, act like it. Quit letting fear. Fear divides our minds. It disrupts our families. Fear devastates our church. When fear walks into the church, it stops ministry. We ain't never done it like that before. We've never sang those songs. We ain't never had a pastor that dresses like that before. We ain't ever set nine tables up around the church and took chairs out so that we could pray. And when you and he said, uh, um, uh, and I'm trying to remember King uh, Manasseh, I believe it was Manasseh. Manasseh's dad was a man after God's heart. He he did everything. Manasseh became king and destroyed. But you know what he did? One of the main things Manasseh did is he went out into the world at that time and he brought the worship of the Greek gods, especially Moloch, into the temple. Now when we hear that, we think, oh, how evil. Until... I heard it last night. This is how Bishop Morgan put it. He said that he went and took the social God, the God of the society, and he brought it into the church so that the church would be more acceptable to the society. He took what the world saw and Can I tell you something? We have taken the world and brought it into the church. When we start making worship more about a concert than a connection to God, 
we're trying to be like the world. When, when we decide we decide that we got to have personalities more than presence, we've brought the world in. Pastor, you're guilty of that stuff. Look at all the screens you got. Yeah, I know. But have you ever seen me stop pre- preaching because the screen didn't work? Matter of fact, it didn't work today. I didn't even know it until I saw somebody going to fix it. Let me tell you something. We've got to... I got to back up a second because some of us go the other way. It's not about, it's not about, oh, we got all these new things to reach the world. No, it starts being about, oh, well, that's not the way grandma did it, so it's not holy anymore. Come on now. When we start bringing anything from here, Instead of from here. When church is more about what makes me happy, what satisfies me, what entertains me, what I like, instead of. Y'all know me. I'm gentle in spirit and nice in my speech. Why are you laughing? I'm going to tell you something. Most of you do know me. And I get in this pulpit and I'm bold. But most of you have had meetings with me. Most of you have talked to me one-on-one. And I'm much more forgiving. I really am. Most of you know that. I really am. I am to most people. Let me tell you something. When we become afraid... Can I tell you what binds up more, more churches than anything else? Pastors who are afraid that if he preaches the truth, somebody's going to leave. I haven't had to do this here. I haven't done this here. Never done this here. Did it in another church, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't like the word of God and the power of Pentecost and a straight word, and a true message, and you don't want something that's contemporary and balanced and new. Let me open the door so they don't get in your way. Now, does that mean I want you to leave? No. 
But that means that I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to allow You can leave. I can leave and go. How do we defeat fear? What happened to the Hittites? You know what happened to the Hittites? Nothing. There was not a battle. They decided to let the Hittites live in the land with them. And they tortured them forever. They decided that their terror, their fear, could live with them. They become We've got to fight. I'm long over time and I've got to quit. It's all Chris's fault. He took too long in the opening. We, we've got to quit. How do we fight? We fight with the Spirit. Love. When you got love, you drive out. Love, perfect love, casts us out all fear. I don't know what's going to become. Joy. You know it's hard to be afraid when you're happy. It's hard to be. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel happy. Well, change your The joy of the Lord is my strength. And all I got to do is begin to get to Now, you would think I'd find some new chords or some rock and roll song, because that's what I like. You know what I go? I go around and I start singing, uh, Once we're lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love. Hear our faintest cry, and he will answer by.
and start going right on. It's going to sing an old hymn. You wouldn't think it'd be me. <laughs> but I catch myself doing that all the time. I catch myself all the time. I used to catch myself right in the And I, 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 I man, where are these old souls coming from? But they Peace. Love, joy, peace. Peace that passes understanding. When you've got love and you've got joy, all of a sudden peace begins to flow in. And where peace is, fear has no place. Have you ever noticed that fear drives out peace, but peace conquers fear? Patience! Some of you got fear because you don't have patience. Mm, God's got this. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Ooh, listen to this one. Self-control. That's when you tell yourself you ain't got nothing to worry about. Quit being afraid. Stand up and be the... How do you possess victory over fear? By walking with the fruit of the Spirit. By moving in God's power. But it never happens until you fight. Quit thinking you can live with it and fight it. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your anointing, and for your grace. Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts, move in our lives, and direct our steps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for being here today. 4.15 tonight, we leave for for St. Joe. Please let me know if you're planning on going so I can be prepared. Shake hands, be friendly, tell somebody you love them, everybody, God loves them, you're dismissed.